Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Scripps 5 Must Know Things, this time for the business week ended 8th December 2023. This is Ian Haydock. This time, another acquisition for AbV. Roche buys into the obesity market. J&J's oral immunology push. Oral incretins advance. And AstraZeneca on Chinese innovation. AbV made a big splash in mergers and acquisitions for the second time in a week on 6th December, announcing an $8.7 billion offer to acquire Cerevel Therapeutics on the strength of its Phase 2 asset, emroclidine, for schizophrenia and potentially other neuropsychiatric indications. Together, Joseph Haas writes, the Cerevel buyout and the Immunogen deal announced on 30th November are two of the year's four biggest biopharma M&A transactions and make the Chicago-area pharma the year's second biggest spender. With two bolt-on deals designed to strengthen its portfolio diversification efforts, AbV comes in second to Pfizer with its pending $43 billion purchase of Seagen. The takeout of Immunogen for roughly $10.1 billion was a play to strengthen AbV's prospects in the cancer antibody drug conjugate space as the firm similarly looks to grow its oncology business. Both companies' boards of directors have approved the deal, which is expected to close in mid-2024, AbV said. The transaction helps the company build on its neurology portfolio, currently led by Vrela, the blockbuster antipsychotic it obtained in its 2019 buyout of Allergan. In addition, the aesthetic giant Botox, another Allergan blockbuster, derives most of its therapeutic product revenue from its use in migraine prevention. Emroclidine, a positive allosteric modulator of the muscarinic M4 receptor, has potential in multiple diseases, AbV said, including schizophrenia and dementia-related psychosis in Alzheimer's disease, as well as in Parkinson's disease. The deal also will bring to AbV's pipeline clinical candidates for Parkinson's, major depressive disorder and treatment-resistant epilepsy and panic disorder. Roche has joined the rush into the obesity treatment market by buying Karmat Therapeutics for $2.7 billion up front and could have a muscle-building drug combination to help it compete. Andrew McConaughey writes, The growth of the obesity market via Nova Nordisk's GLP-1 agonist of Govi and Eli Lilly's recently approved ZepBound has been the defining story of 2023, and analysts think the global market for obesity will be worth between 50 and $100 billion within a decade. The Roche buyout centres on Karmat's pipeline of three GLP-1 agonists for obesity and related comorbidities, the most advanced of which is CT388, a Phase 2-ready once-weekly injectable for obese patients with or without type 2 diabetes, which has shown promise in an early clinical study. The other candidates are GLP-1, CT996, a once-daily small molecule in Phase 1 in the same indication, and the Phase 2, once-daily injectable CT868, which acts on GLP-1 and GIP in obese patients with type 1 diabetes. The acquisition comes with milestone payments of up to $400 million for Carmont's equity holders, and means the privately held California Biotech will scrap its IPO plans. Lead candidate CT388 has a dual GLP-1 and GIP receptor modulator mode of action which mirrors ZepBound. Carmot says its candidates are designed to minimise recruitment of beta-arrestin and provide a superior tolerability profile. Roche believes the portfolio has best-in-class potential, 
but will nevertheless have to wait several years before its lead candidate can reach the market, by which time Novo and Lilly may have consolidated their market dominance. Nevertheless, speaking to Scrip, Roche's farmer division head, Theresa Graham, said Carmel's portfolio would be just the start of a major franchise. We are excited to think about where we can take what they've developed and turn that into an incretin backbone, which will form the foundation of our cardiometabolic strategy going forward. She added, We are finding that the incretin pathway is going to be foundational, not only in cardiovascular and metabolism diseases, but there are early indicators it might play a significant role in other diseases as well, in neuroscience and things like that. Roche could be in a position to combine its GLP-1 portfolio with another drug in its pipeline, the muscle-building antimyostatin antibody, RO720-4239. This is currently in Phase 2-3 development for use in combination with FRISD for strengthening the muscles of patients with spinal and muscular atrophy, but could be used in other settings as well. The long-standing heritage in immunology on the strength of blockbuster brands like Remicade and Stellara, Johnson & Johnson is looking to continue its leadership in categories like psoriasis, psoriatic arthritis and inflammatory bowel disease with the development of new oral medicines. Jessica Merrill writes the company outlined plans to develop two novel oral drugs in immunology, a first-in-class oral peptide targeting IL-23, JNJ2113, and an oral small molecule IL-17 inhibitor, JNJ-1459, during a business review on 5th December. Stellara is now JNJ's top-selling drug, with revenues of $9.22 billion in 2022, but it's expected to face biosimilar competition in 2025, positioning JNJ for a challenging year as it moves through the loss-of-exclusivity period. Nonetheless, management assured investors that revenues will grow in 2025 despite the LOE, and the company vowed that innovative medicines will grow at a compound annual growth rate of 5-7% to 7 from 2025 to 2030, driven by existing brands and new launches. J&J 2113 recently moved into Phase 3 studies in moderate to severe psoriasis, while 1459 is earlier in development, having completed Phase 1 testing. A wide range of clinical trials across indications are planned or underway for the two programmes. We plan to lead the orals market, Global Therapeutic Area Head, Immunology, David Lee said. While there have been advances in the immunology market recently, with new oral drugs, the market for such products remains underserved when it comes to safety and efficacy, VP Immunology Candice Long said. Despite safe and effective injectable biologics, the most common reasons cited for not using existing advanced therapies are the method of administration and the overall perceived risk of intravenous and subcutaneous treatments, she said. J&J expects J&J 2113 could have peak sales potential of more than $5 billion. The company gained worldwide rights to the drug from Protagonist Therapeutics in 2017 for only $50 million up front. Pfizer's recent decision to shelve the twice-daily form of its oral GLP-1, Danugliprin, means the US giant has slipped down the rankings of companies trying to bring oral forms of incretin drugs, the wildly successful therapies for diabetes and obesity, to market. Last week, a new player entered this space, Elizabeth Cairns writes. 
Roche obtained the Phase 1 stage oral incretin CT996 through its acquisition of Carmart Therapeutics, but several companies are ahead of Roche. The charge is led by Novo Nordisk and Eli Lilly, but another group, Structure Therapeutics, will be the next to reveal crucial data with a Phase 2 readout coming in the next few weeks. Novo has the first and only oral ingratin on sale. Ribelsus, a once-daily pill formulation of the GLP-1 agonist semaglutide, was approved for diabetes in 2019, and the group is now devoting great effort to getting it approved for obesity too. Lilly has taken a different tack. It's not developed an oral form of its blockbuster subcutaneous ingratin terzapatide, a GIP-GLP-1 agonist, instead developing an oral single-mechanism GLP-1 orphagliprone. This is currently in no fewer than eight Phase three trials, four in diabetes, two in obesity, and two in patients with both disorders. It's not clear why Lilly opted for this molecule over an oral form of terzapatide. It might be because the company believes the dose required might be such that the side effects are different from the injected form. Alternatively, it could be related to manufacturing. The next most advanced product comes from Structure Therapeutics, whose lead product, the peptide GLP-1 GSBR-1290, is in a Phase 1-2 trial in obese or overweight patients with type 2 diabetes. Top-line data from the Phase 2A diabetes cohort are imminent, and top-line data from the Phase 2 obesity cohort are due in the first half of 2024. Swiss biotech Biolingus is developing not an oral but a sublingual formulation of a GLP-1, lyroglutide, the same molecule in the subcutaneous diabetes drug Victoza, sold by Novo Nordisk. A phase 1-2 trial in patients with type 2 diabetes could report next year. Two recent deals are also worth noting. The main asset Roche obtained by buying Carmart for $2.7 billion is CT388, a once-weekly injectable GIP GLP-1, which has shown promise for obese patients with or without type 2 diabetes in Phase 1 studies. Less than a month earlier, AstraZeneca licensed ECC5004, Ecogene Shanghai's once-daily peptide GLP-1. AstraZeneca does not just intend to move this forward in diabetes and obesity, but also to combine it with an oral PCSK9 inhibitor as a therapy for high cholesterol. Bill Coyle, Global Head of Biopharma at the consultancy ZS, said that as the supply of incretin drugs finally grows enough to satisfy demand, price might play a part in market positioning. As more and more assets come to the marketplace, one of the grounds for competition might be price, he told Scrip. Some of the later entrants, which could include orals, might target a lower price. Finally, China has become more cutting-edge in terms of innovation rather than being a fast follower, and AstraZeneca, the long-time commercial leader there among foreign pharma firms, is determined to partner with the country's leading R&D pioneers, says Sean Grady, the UK Majors Head of Business Development Operations. Kevin Grogan writes the drugs giant has been busy on the BD front in China in the last month, firstly paying $185 million up front, with an overall deal consideration of around $2 billion to Ecogene Shanghai for an oral GLP-1 receptor agonist for the treatment of obesity, type 2 diabetes and other cardiometabolic conditions. 
AstraZeneca swiftly followed that deal by adding to its oncology pipeline through licensing a KRAS inhibitor from fellow Shanghai-based Usinova for $24 million up front and up to $395 million in milestones plus royalties. Speaking to Scrip on the sidelines of the recent Nordic Life Science Days meeting in Copenhagen, Denmark, Grady noted that China was clearly a key and core part of AstraZeneca's global footprint. We are close to 20,000 people in China. We've got the Strategic Research and Development Centre in Shanghai, and we had almost $6 billion in revenue there last year. If you look at the growth over the last decade, a huge amount of that came out of China. He said the company was repurposing its pipeline and portfolio in China to be much more innovation-led, and what we are finding is that China is now becoming much more cutting-edge, driven by its universities and research institutions, which are well-funded. A lot of terribly talented people are either there already or going home. While innovation is a given when seeking out deals, you also need speed of execution. Fail fast, learn and go again, Grady argued. The US is still strong on both those measures, and while Europe is strong on innovation, it's less so in terms of execution. China is getting really strong on the first and has always been strong on the second. He said that what differentiates China is the ability to move quicker at pace and with purpose. We see data produced at lightning speed, relatively speaking. Grady added that AstraZeneca was well-placed to tap into the innovation going on in China and is regarded highly as a preferred partner in BD negotiations. Generally speaking, Grady said that you want to partner earlier because you spend longer with your partner and you've got compatible synergistic skills that you bring into the programme. There's more to work on. That's why you see a lot of late preclinical and early clinical stage deals getting done. That's all for this week. Thanks as always for joining me. These stories are linked in the description below and form just a fraction of Scripps' global coverage last week. If you're a subscriber already, log in to access all of our content. Otherwise, sign up for a free trial to see what you're missing. Bye for now.